week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. What's going on, y'all? I'm happy to be here another Monday. So what have I been up to last week since the last time we talked? You know, I haven't really been up to much. Um, I recorded with Third Chamber Pod, and so we have an episode coming out this week, too, and I talked to them about how I've thoroughly enjoyed the WNBA playoffs. I mean, they have been out of this world, so I've been up every other night to midnight watching these playoffs so today i'm recording this on sunday today um the the wba final start and it's the chicago sky against the phoenix mercury so definitely check it out if you're a sports fan um it's been really good basketball i love watching women's play uh i was telling um my friend jamar that the fundamentals that women have and it's so it's it's not like the nba i feel like the nba they just run up and down and back and forth and just use their athleticism. But um, with the WBA, you actually see them run plays and uh, have a more appreciation for the game, in my opinion. Um, I've also been reading. I finished a book last night called The Therapist. Oh, my God. Um, so I bought a Kindle during the prom day sale um, because I buy a, a, a large amount of books. Um, and so I have books everywhere. And so... I got the Kindle because you can download the Libby app. And if you have a library card, you can download books from the library to your Kindle and have them for like, check them out from the library basically and have them for 14 days. And so I'll do that for books that I'm not really sure if I want to buy. So like, I don't waste any money. So I wasn't really sure if I wanted to buy this book, but I was like, I wanted to try because people have been talking about it, but I never read the author before. Um, The author name is B.A. Paris. The book was a freaking train wreck. I stayed up last night till almost two o'clock in the morning finishing this book, and I just I want to get back the last week that I that I spent um, reading this book. It was it was just it wasn't horrible, but it was just not great, and uh, I hate when that happens. And honestly, I haven't really read a book that I was like, oh, this book was insufferable all year. So that was my first one. Um, let's see. So now tonight, I'm probably gonna start this book called White Smoke. And it's a horror book by Tiffany Jackson. So I'm looking forward to that. And other than that, I, mean, I really haven't had much going on. I've been really happy that we floated into uh, autumn. I love the fall. The fall for me is my season. Um, mainly because I like I like when it gets a little cool outside. And it's still a little sun, but it's still a little cool. I live in North Carolina, so we never really get, you know, knock down winters like that so it's really pretty weather when it start going into the fall and then also uh that's I feel like the fall is my it's my cooking season that's when I do my soups and my stews and my chilies so I've been I've been reaching into my cooking bag lately uh a lot more than I have before so that's been really cool too but other than that that's all I've really been up to so let's just jump into the mantra today and get going Today's mantra is, I am strong and resilient. I love that mantra because I feel like we have to remind ourselves that sometimes, especially when moments that we might have uh, self-doubt or feel down, there's nothing wrong with popping in and reminding yourself um, that you are capable of all things. And I'm, I'm a true believer of anything that you put your mind to, anything that you believe you can do. So, um, you know, really our destiny is really based on us and what we want to do with it. All right, so I have two uh, two things to talk about on the deep dive, so we'll just jump into the deep dive. All right, so for this week deep dive, I wanted to discuss 
Will Smith. So as you know, Will Smith did a GQ article where he talked about himself. He talked about his upbringing a little bit and he talked about his marriage. He has a memoir coming out called, uh, I think it's self-entitled. I think it's called Will. comes out um, next month in November. The big headlines was that he spoke about them having a basically an open marriage. Um, I have a few thoughts on that. Like one, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, this is something that's been rumored forever. Um, and I thought it was kind of like a common thing. Um, everybody has been kind of like, oh my God type thing. Uh, I listened to this one podcast and it was crazy because they absolutely just talked. It was, a uh, it was men and they absolutely like just talk so much shit about Jada Pinkett Smith. And it's just kind of bizarre to me. Um, because, you know, we saw the, um, I think I spoke about her, um, at some point, the entanglement of Jada Pinkett Smith. And, you know, I don't really think it was something that, it was something that they already had dealt with, you know, August, they came out and he had said whatever about their situation, but, um, Jada and Will, you can tell they already had resolved it. It happened when they were, um, going through a separation at the time. Um, so I, I mean, I thought it was some things with that, that I thought wasn't good, but it would had nothing to do with them being in an open situation. Me personally, um, I'm not somebody that subscribe to societal norms. Um, I'm in a monogamous relationship, but we choose to be in a monogamous relationship. But if I was in a relationship with somebody else and they, uh, explain to me or say they didn't believe in that or they want to do something else. Um, I feel like depending on the person, like if I was in love with them or I still wanted to do that, like they gave me the choice to go into a situation like that. And I feel like, you know, um, it wouldn't necessarily bother me. Uh, I, per- I, I talk to my friends all the time. I have a f- a f- quite a few friends that's actually, um, you know, uh, in open situations of some form and I think that your communication and open relationships are uh, what they should be in order for them to work. I think it's better than people in monogamous relationship. I think that you you do less lying. I think you're more honest about your feelings. It's human nature to have attractions towards other people. I don't think that that's any, I don't think that that's abnormal, and I don't think your person should make you feel like like if I said somebody was attractive, I don't think I should be made feel like made to feel guilty by saying somebody was attractive. I think that's weird. Um, when it's like that, it shouldn't be like that. Um, and so I think that for me, like this wasn't really that big of a deal. People made this, I feel like, Oh my God, you know, um, I think it's good when you can actually, uh, talk to your partner. Um, Willis spoke about that. Jada basically came to him and was like, look, you know, I'm miserable in this, um, in this marriage and this isn't working for me. Like, I don't want to, you know, have these restraints in a sense, like, I I don't want to do it this way. Um, and so he, you know, they, they went and, um, and ventured out into like, you know, what works for them. And I actually applaud them for that. I think sometimes we get caught up in like societal norms on what we think is acceptable and what we think we should be doing, but not based on like what you want to do. And I think every relationship is different. I think everybody has a right to be whatever they're going to be inside of their marriage. And as long as like you and your spouse, your partner is in agreement of what you, um, what you're saying, I don't, I don't personally see anything wrong with it. Me personally. Um, if it works for them, it works for them. And if they're happy with the arrangement, I think they're happy with the arrangement. 
So I'm curious to read Will's memoir. I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm sure it'll probably be some tea in there. But for me, this wasn't really that big of a deal for, for me personally. Um, yeah. So the other thing I want to discuss was Nick Cannon. Now I did discuss this a couple weeks ago where I spoke about Nick Cannon and what did he have? Like four kids this year. It was crazy. So, um, he was having kids back to back and some like overlapping the other. And I mean, he's been a really busy boy. So this week he basically, um, was talking about how he's been seeing a, a therapist and his therapist suggested to him that he go celibate. He basically was like that he plans to go celibate for the rest of the year until January and just take a break from sex. Here's my thing. For me, I don't really feel like it's the issue of him having multiple partners if that's because he's polyamorous and that's what he's into. I don't understand like why you're not using condoms, like why you're not protecting yourself in a sense. So just, you know, just sex safety and two, just I think it's unfair when um you know, I, I spoke about this before. I mean, the fact of the level of how he's having kids with so many different women and they're all, they're all over. Um, I don't care how much money you have, like, you know, the best thing you can give a kid is, is to be present and to be there. It's not always about a monetary thing because at the end of the day, when kids are young, they're not thinking about, Oh, I have all this shit. It's probably cool for them. But ultimately I think they probably want their, their parent there more than anything. So I don't know. I, I mean, I just think McCannon like needs to continue to celibacy, but he also just need to use condoms. I mean, I feel like if you want to have sex, that's one thing, but to, I mean, I don't know how many kids he's planning to stop it. I know before he said he wanted to have like, you know, double digits and he's at seven. So I don't know. I, I think it's selfish though, in my opinion. Um, It's a lot, but I just thought that was so just, it was funny when I read it. Cause I was like, I don't really think that the celibacy piece, the sex piece is the issue. I think the issue is that you have four kids with different women, three different women in one year. I think that's the glaring thing that people are looking at. Not, not the other shit, but, um, let's see. I think that's all I have for the deep dive this week. Uh, I didn't really want to discuss anything else. Uh, so this week for the thought of the week today is world mental health day. And so I wanted to briefly talk about tips on starting your therapy journey, why I think it's important. So let's just go into the thought of the week. All right. So in celebration of World Mental Health Day, I figure I would take the time to sit and talk about starting your therapy journey. Um, I talk about this uh, quite frequently, but I personally think that everybody should have somebody, right? And I, and I think that it's so many different ventures you can go into. You can take a spiritual journey. You can, you know, talk to a therapist. Uh, you know, some people do the, and, and you can do a life coach, but in my opinion, like a life coach to me is somebody that is hired for a specific purpose. So a life coach could be, um, I want to improve my, my work life. Like I want to improve my career. You would get a life coach to pop in and work on that. Um, you don't always get into the, the insides of yourself, like as a person. So when people say they see a life coach, like I think it's for specific things, but a life coach is not a therapist. It's not the same thing. And, um, I think that, um, everybody should see somebody because I think that 
in general, as people, we need to be able to talk. We need to be able to communicate effectively. Sometimes you're not always taught that. Sometimes you have to unlearn behaviors that might not have been the best behaviors or things that you might have been taught as kids. You need to unlearn as adults, which very much happens because when you're young, you're pretty much raised with the ideals and the value sets of your parents. And when you become an adult, you might not necessarily carry the same ideals and values of your parents. And so you have to unlearn, you know, what might have been something that don't really sit well with you. So sometimes that's where I feel like a therapist comes in. Like for me, um, you know, I spend so much time going through the unlearning process, the healing process. Um, I, I think when I was younger, I really didn't even process like, oh, this might be hurt. I had high levels of childhood trauma that at the time, like, obviously I didn't really realize like, um, that's what, that's the name of what it's called. And that is different levels to it and how it can affect you as adults. Uh, I think sometimes when you're going through things in life, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, persevering and I'm just going through it. And, you know, this is my life. This is what it is. But you have to unpack that shit and hurt and all that and trauma because it can be just stuck in your body. And so that's why I think that therapy is important. Your, Your mental health is so important. It's just important as, you know, your physical health and your, you know, emotional health. Um, so I say that to say a lot of times I sit and wonder what is it that make people hesitant? You know, I've talked about that quite a bit. Like, you know, I know it's usually fear It's usually fear of a lot of things, fear of talking about your feelings, fear of unpacking something that you might've had locked away. A lot of times people think that therapy is like super expensive and don't get me wrong. Like therapy can be a cost, but it can be ways to go around it. I spoke about this on previous shows. Uh, most jobs offer EAP. You just have to look into your benefits. If you have insurance, I would definitely look. EAP basically means that they will cover uh, therapy sessions for free through your job. Um, even if you're a college student, I know with uh, the child being at school, he's actually, uh, even though like, you know, he has his own thing going on, but they actually through the school have um uh, online therapy sessions that they can do if they ever feel like they need to speak to someone. So I think more and more things are becoming available. Um, you have to just kind of research that, but I know those are usually kind of things that will halt somebody from not going, especially the money piece, because I think people feel like that is something that's unattainable for just regular people. And that's not, that's not true per se. Um, so definitely if it's something that you feel like you want to do or you're considering, uh, I do have a few tips that I got from the health line and it basically is tips on things to consider when getting started. Here's the thing. I personally feel like I know for me, when I started my healing journey, I got to the point that I was just like tired and I knew that if I didn't do something and have some kind of intervention with myself, I didn't really know what road I was about to travel down right? It was a very dark road. And I was very um, unhappy with myself. And I was very unhappy with life in general. And I had so much stuff that I think I just piled inside that I never really fully talked about. And so like my communication would be explosive sometimes. Like I would let shit build up. Then when it finally built up, like, you know, I'm ready to damn cuss your ass out. And I just didn't really want to be like that. And I didn't want to be like that in relationships. And I just didn't want to be this person because I wasn't always that person. I I became that person based on just previous experiences with life. 
And so um, I knew it was time for me to go speak to someone. And I mean, no one in my family had been to therapy or anything like that. And I didn't really know what to expect or what really to do or whatever. But I just knew that I needed to do something. And so I was prepared to do whatever I needed to do. And uh, I contacted EAP through my job and um, they give you they, they gave me I told them how I felt. They gave me a list of therapists um, and then I went and researched the therapist um, and kind of like, you know, look at the places that they gave. And that's how I pretty much got started. Like now I have more of a level of understanding of therapy. And so um, I probably would have asked more questions and things like that, like uh, looking back on it now. But at the time, you know, I just kind of researched it a little bit. Um, if I felt I felt comfortable. I felt comfortable with my therapist. And so that helped. And then, um, I just went from there. So today I have from Healthline, uh, nine tips for finding the right therapist. So number one, consult your provider directory. If you plan to pay for therapy through your insurance plan, um, basically just saying, look through your plans provider network. Um, you can also, like I said, contact your, uh, insurance if you have that. And usually they will tell you, like my insurance actually will tell you, uh, preferred networks or like preferred places, or like, you know, you can always check with the place and ask them, do they carry your insurance? That's important. Ask someone you trust a referral from a friend, colleague, or doctor you trust is another way to find a therapist who may be a good fit for you. I think word of mouth is good. I do word of mouth a lot, but I also don't really necessarily fully prefer it because I think it just depends on what you're going to therapy for. Um, I don't think every therapist is good for everybody, like the same one, because this therapist might be really good in trauma and that that person might have had trauma. So they work well with them, but then this other person might be good in something else. And so you have to, you have to figure out what exactly are you going to therapy for? Um, the third one is use a reliable online database. That's basically saying that you can go online, you can search the different, um, databases to find therapists a lot of times like you know I'm black so uh I know a a lot of my um, friends um and people of color they usually try to find somebody that identify with them so or say that's LGBTQIA or um you know down that line so they usually try to find something that aligns with them um you can you can actually search that in databases and actually find um that information to give you more of a comfort level with a therapist of your liking. Um, so it's good to, it's good to research and kind of find something that you may like explore, explore local resources is the fourth one. This is important because if you're a student, you can always access the counseling center. Even if you're a college student, they have resources on campus. And then if you're an adult, um, say that you suffer from alcoholism, obviously you can find resources with alcohol anonymous, things like that. They have a domestic abuse centers. Um, they have sexual trauma centers. So you can go the realm of trying to find um, uh, organizations um, that basically uh, advocate for you, um, advocate for your experience. And then they can usually link you up to someone that can give you uh, treatment or just give you a safe space in general. So that's something to consider. Um and number five is kind of similar to what I just talked about. You can reach out to organizations that address your area of concern. So that could just be um, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, PTSD, um, stress, 
So you you can find you can find those, and there's different organizations like associations for different things that you want to discuss. So those are something that you can easily Google and kind of go down the list of what you're looking for. I personally think that, um, and this is actually number six, think about your goals ahead of time. If you're really serious about therapy and you're really serious about what you're really trying to accomplish, you're going to set some kind of goal, right? I think when you first start though, it's not always that simple because you don't really know what to expect. But if you really are looking for an outcome, like I know for me, I didn't really have many goals at first. I would go in and the therapist would kind of lead me and we would kind of break through um, just shit. And I had a lot of shit going on um, just internally. So once we kind of got past like breaking down like what might have been previous hurts or getting to the root of maybe like my anger or my issues, then... I started really taking control of my therapy and really been like, okay, like I really want to focus on this. Like, uh, you know, I know one of the things I focused on was that I really wanted to be a better communicator and I really wanted to understand boundaries, um, and how to set boundaries and what that looks like. And so I was, I spent like a year and, and maybe over a year going over boundaries And I mean, and you would think that boundaries are simple, but they're really not, especially with loved ones or people around you Um, and just really putting yourself first. And so I spent, I think, a good two years going over that um, and really putting that into practice and what that looked like. So that helped me a lot. And then but that was me setting a goal of what I wanted to accomplish. Um And I think it's good to be intentional because sometimes you can go in therapy and you can just go in there for one thing and then start talking about something else. And then you can go down a rabbit hole and then you can be completely off what you might've came in there for. So what I would do, I would write notes. I'm also a planner too, y'all, but it worked for me. I would write notes, you know, so say I'm having a moment that week. I would, you know, if I didn't write in my journal, I would jot down in my notes in my phone, like why I felt that way, what made me feel that way, what was triggering for me to where I would bring that back to therapy to talk about. And I would jot stuff down in the moment so I didn't forget um, what I wanted to talk about because that was very easy. It's very easy to do once you keep going with your um, with your week. Another thing is try an online therapy app, which is Talkspace, BetterHelp. Um... I, I haven't tried those. Um, I think they are cheaper, like the sessions. I'm not going to sit and say that they're, that they don't work. Um, because I mean, I, I do online therapy right now, but I actually have been in person since COVID. I've been doing online therapy and not going in person just for my safety. But, um, I prefer to to go in person and I, I prefer to go in person when you first start because, um, sometimes hearing yourself in a room like actually hearing yourself in a, in that quiet room, it really does make a difference Two, I think that a therapist can really see, they can really see more of your emotions. Sometimes like you, you, you know, you might have something come across your face. You might have something that, uh, you know, you might be feeling with something and it might, you know, that might can spark another conversation of, you know, are you feeling overwhelmed right now? Are you good? And I don't always think that they can always read your emotions online. That's my opinion. Um, but sometimes they can't if they're really paying attention. But I like in person. 
I prefer that more than anything. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that helps a lot, but if you can't go or you say you're a busy person or you prefer to just kind of be in the, you know, solitude of your home, yeah, definitely do it online. I mean, I, I do therapy online right now. I've been doing it since COVID hit. So for over a year now, I've been doing um, my therapy sessions, um, you know, over the phone and Zoom. So number eight is ask questions about the things that matter to you. When you meet your therapist, whether it's online, on the phone, or in person, it's not uncommon to complete, completely forget every question you wanted to ask, which I already talked about that. And they basically talked about um, jotting things down and things like that. Um a few things they said to consider during your, during your first visit. Um, you can ask your therapist questions. You can ask them what they align with. You can ask them how long they've been a therapist. Do they see a therapist? Um, some people do that. And if it's important to you to really make sure that you're aligned with the right person, definitely feel free to ask, ask your therapist questions and ask them like their area of expertise. You can do all that stuff. And especially if you're trying to really make sure that you're, uh, you're getting the person that you feel like really will help for what you're there for. Number nine, and I think this is the last one is pay close attention to your own responses. No matter how many professional accreditations your therapist has, your own feelings of trust and comfort should be your top priority. Will therapy be uncomfortable from time to time? Possibly after all, you're likely to be discussing difficult personal topics, but if you feel uncomfortable with your therapist for any reason, it's all right to look for someone else. I think this is important because it's literally okay to, um, therapy, I mean, therapist shop if you need to. I, I've had people tell me that their therapist, um, didn't make them feel comfortable. I've had people tell me that their therapist fell asleep. Um, so that definitely is not going to make you feel comfortable if you feel like your therapist is not even listening to you or paying attention to you. So yeah, like, I think that these things are important to consider And it's important for you to feel comfortable in the space that you're in and feel like this person is really trying to help you and actually feel like you're getting something from the experience. So I definitely feel like, um, you know, these are good things to consider, I personally think. And when starting your journey, I think if you go into it with the mindset of you're really locked in and you really want this to work for you, because that's the only way therapy is going to work is if you actually are there to do the work. And also have the understanding that sometimes when you leave therapy, that shit is really going to fucking suck. Especially at the beginning when you're like unpacking shit and stuff like that, or talking about difficult things, it's not going to always feel good. And sometimes you're not going to always want to hear things about yourself, but those are when it's to me, the most rewarding and the most fulfilling when, you know, you actually take the stuff that's given to you and don't be defensive and don't, don't say and be like, Oh, that's not the case. It is the case. And actually just take in consideration what's been shared with you. What are things that you can do, even if it's baby steps to kind of, you know, self-correct some stuff. And what are things that you can do to just be better? The most important thing that I think that I get from therapy, um, that I love that I think I got the most is just being kind to myself. Sometimes we forget to just give, give ourselves grace, right? We're so imperfect people, you know, you, you're allowed to make mistakes and you're allowed to apologize for those mistakes. You're allowed to write the mistakes, you know, and and you're allowed to be better, be different. And, you know, you have to remember to just be kind to yourself. Always give yourself grace for sure. Life is fucking hard. So that's all I have today. Um, I get really excited when I have these conversations and just 
popping back in and giving and giving these type of, you know, reminders because, you know, our minds is the most important things that we have in our bodies and ourselves and our relationship with ourselves is the most important thing. And we have to always truly remember that regardless of whoever you have in your life, your relationship with yourself needs to be most important and it has to be most important. So just remember to be kind to yourself, y'all. All All right. So next week, I'm really excited. Uh, I have a really good episode coming up, have some guests coming on. Um, I think I'm finally going to do the episode on bullying. So we'll see if if I have the episode next week. Um, Don't forget to follow the show, y'all. You can find the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you can find um, a podcast. So don't forget to follow and subscribe so you can get the podcast uh, episode updates. Also, follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter, IGMT Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, at is just my thoughts underscore podcast. Uh, like always, I thank you so much for listening. Smika here, and I appreciate you.